Hello and welcome to season two of Two Beers Still Takeoff. My name is Phil and I am so fucking pumped to be back. Before we get started though, folks, I do have some news, some good news and some bad news to share with the listeners. The bad news is you may have already read this in the tabloids, but Sid has left the show. I know it's sad. The good news is that he will be replaced by, drum roll please, Oakland, California's finest, Brandon, aka Beegis. Welcome to the show, Beegis. Oh, I'm Brandon. so excited. Brandon. Uh, Brandon Beegis. I could go by any of those names. I am so honored and excited to be hosting this podcast with you. Um, yeah. Thank you. Hey, you know what? I, I think you're 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 a shoo-in because you know what? Between Sid and I, you uh-huh. probably have traveled more than we did actually in the last two years. Oh yeah, for sure. I took all the how, risks. How many how many how, how many trips <laughs> did you actually do in the last two years? Um I would say so five last year, twenty twenty one, and then two so seven. Seven carry the four one. Yeah, six. right. <laughs> Yeah, I took seven no, basically through the pandemic. Nice. So, so yeah. listen, man, we're, we're looking, for, I'm looking forward to hearing more from your stories. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm looking, I'm so excited to have you on as a co-host. But that brings me to my next question to you, Brandon. How does it feel to go, f- to transition going from guest to now co-host of Two Beers Still Takeoff? It feels great. Um For the people that have listened to the episode that I was a guest on, you would know that I did a podcast as well that I stopped because of because of the pandemic. Um, So it just it feels great to like be back into this space and creating more. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm so glad to 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 be in this position to 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 further you know the uh, the show. So yeah, and and I mean you do really bring experience to the podcast because Mm -hmm. how many episodes did you do with your own podcast? More than two hundred. Wow, I don't remember 200. exactly. It was like, yeah, it was like 210 maybe. I think that's where I stopped, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, possibly bringing or having as many episodes one day as your as your own podcast. Yes, sir. <laughs> but hey, how about we bring on our first guest? Let's do it. Let's fucking go. The man himself. All right. Our guest today is a very familiar one to the show. You may know him as the first man to drink a beer on every continent. From his involvement in the famous Sydney sex blog, or from his new show, Three Beers Still Take Off, please welcome to the show, let me channel my inner Adele, from the other side, the man, the myth, the legend, Sid! Ah, it's good to be back. <laughs> Fucking hell, that intro lived up to expectations as well. You know, it's weird being on this side of the table though now. You know, it's kind of like walking in and seeing your wife being fucked, but enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't think I was going to get a laugh for a second. I thought that was too cold. That was great. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, oh. Oh my God. So, so Sid, listen, I, I guess the same question to you is, is how does it feel the transition? You know, you said it, it feels like it's watching your, your seeing your wife get fucked, but like, really, how, how do you feel about it? Just so that people no, don't know that, just so the people know that there isn't drama between us two. Right. No, just, it just feels relaxed. I feel liberated to be on the other side. You know, I don't need to worry about asking you guys <laughs> questions. I don't need to watch my language like I used to, you know, I can drink a little bit more now I'm on this side. <laughs> It's fucking perfect. Right. Yeah, you can focus on just getting new shades. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all fun now, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so listen guys, Sid did like like we said Sid left 
the show, but Sid will be a reoccurring guest. He's obviously a fan favorite. The guy hasn't even scratched the amount of stories that he has, so I'm really excited to have Sid on for uh, future episodes. So for this episode, Sid is on here today to talk about his, I guess, now new home uh, nation, Brazil. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. I bought my shirt. I bought my shirt with me as well. I don't think we're recording. <laughs> we couldn't even. We couldn't see it. I don't... <laughs> That'll it was... be for the video listeners. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But so, so say... other, I'm sorry to interrupt, but should we also announce that we're now transitioning to to doing video as well as yeah, as audio? absolutely. Yeah, yeah so... absolutely. So we're gonna be on YouTube now, guys. Yeah. Exciting, YouTube which famous. I'm very excited about. That was, I think, that was like my only caveat. I was like, I'm coming on. I'll, I'll fall in line to whatever you got, you guys want to do or whatever you want to do, Phil. And uh, I was like, but we have to be on YouTube. <laughs> so hey, I'm we excited. might as well, right? We yeah, might as exactly. well, right? Exactly. We've got pretty faces. Might as well show them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Advertising opportunities as well. <laughs> Modeling. What's up? <laughs> What's up, Calvin Klein? Uh, so Sid, so Sid, today you're 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 here to talk about Brazil. So how many? I guess can you can you talk talk to us a little bit about how you you know or when you moved to Brazil and why you want to talk about it? Uh, uh, well, when I when I moved here wasn't actually that long ago, but when I first came here it was eight eight seven seven years ago seven years ago, and I was yeah I was planning to do like a big South America trip, but in the end I kind of ended up just doing pretty much Brazil and then picked up some other bits later. But yeah, I ended up getting. <laughs> caught here you know like a prisoner they wouldn't let me go <laughs> but yeah i i was i i i i flew i flew into rio and it was one of the weirdest flights because i'd caught a connection up in up in salvador but i'd ne not left the plane or anything uh, not left the, the airport or anything and i was tired and i fell asleep and when we landed there was a storm and i'm sure some lightning hit the plane or something and it uh, like jolted and woke me up and i was like, oh shit i'm dead but no actually i was, I was just landing oh no <laughs> so it wasn't yeah it wasn't that bad but no real <laughs> But like Rio, Rio was awesome, like right from the beginning. Like I have to say, it's not actually one of my favorite places here now that I know it a little bit better. But when I first got there, it just takes your breath away. There's there's nowhere else that looks like it because it's just like this really unique combination of mountains, jungle, and like city. But they're all like it just they're all connected. Like you basically, it's a mountain with jungle and city on it and beach. Wow. Which is wow. difficult yeah. to imagine, yeah, I suppose, I'm, unless you've I'm, seen it. But I'm really excited yeah, like, to dive into this episode with you because Brazil is like possibly going to be the next place that I that I travel to. So I'm doing this is a research episode for me. <clears throat> Taking notes. <laughs> right, exactly. So so Sid, when we first or I guess when I went to Brazil with you, uh I also was, you know, interested in getting to go to Rio, but at the time, you know, there was a lot of fighting going on in the favelas and uh between the military and gangs in the favelas. So is that still the case now? Is Rio kind of greenlit for uh, for tours for tourism? No, I, I I flew into there about 18 months ago and I was speaking to a taxi driver and he was saying that like it's things that things aren't as bad as they were I and mean, that was 18 months ago things might have changed again but i don't imagine they they, they will have I, I i think that was the worst period when like when you were here not that long after the olympics when they were still going through the like the period of pacifying the favelas you know th this is this is 
is an interesting point, yeah, and I'm glad we touched on this pr pretty early because Brazil has this weird fetish of like promoting favelas as tourism, which other countries don't do. Like, for example, in Nairobi in Kenya, yeah, there's a massive shanty town next to the airport. No tourist gets off the airport shuttle and goes and walks around the shanty town. When you go to Delhi, there's like people sleeping on the motorway. You don't see people just walking around taking pictures of the people sleeping on the motorways. But yet here, they've yeah. made an attempt to like clear out these poor areas so that tourists can go and visit them. I know that's not actually the main reason, but that's been one of like the side effects of it. And I don't really get what the appeal of that is, because if you remove the danger from the place, it's so it's so staged, right? Because these are these aren't really things to promote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like Hollywood in Hollywood in Brazil. Right. Yeah, so something like that. I know, but you know, people people watch a few movies and go, "Oh, the favelas," you know, it's so so cool. Uh, people live like that. It sucks. It doesn't make it like a tourist. Holy shit! Spot. Vin Diesel was here. <laughs> <laughs> Has Vin Diesel been here? Yeah, dude. Didn't you watch like Fast Nineteen or whatever it was? No, I stopped after like sixteen. Okay, yeah. but I should check it. It's but good. you know, one of the the better examples of a um, favela of sorts being um, transformed into something for the locals there is it's not a, in Brazil. Sorry to like kind of di digress or whatever, but in um, Medellin, Colombia, there's a Comuna Trece, and there it's a favela. Is that how you say it? Comuna Trece. Yeah. See. Okay. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> So it's basically a favela that it was, you know, super uh, like a bad place to be, um, but they turned it into a sort of a place that tourists can come to. But the the locals that, that grew up and lived in this area still live there and they are the ones that are benefiting from the tourist money that are coming in. So it yes, can so be they're, done. They're, maybe they're more open to tourism because of that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it can be done, but it, the, the other side of it, it, it sucks when you know it's kind of like you gentrify a favela or you gentrify a hood and and then end up making money off of it but the people that lived in that area and and you know suffered in that area don't see any benefits to the the gentrification of it i really i really thought when we sidetracked and you started talking about favelas you were going to tell us about oakland <laughs> no <laughs> it's horrible here like the the I see the thing is I I do have the experience of like a, a, a an area a a poverty stricken area getting gentrified but the people that that did you know that people that were local to the area didn't get to to benefit from it you know so like I I've, I grew up in 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 that area and 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 seen it firsthand not with my own situation but with friends and other family members that I know personally you know so just being able to go to that Columbia area and seeing how people of that area were able to benefit it was pretty cool so yeah yeah, it, yeah so what, what my point basically was going to be was they aren't places for tourists the tourists should leave them alone like i don't want to sound like i'm an exception to my own rules but like one of the few times i would accept the tourist going in is if you've got something to do there for example something right. i think i said i said I, i've told you about before i bought an apartment in a favela my apartment i mean like shack here yeah, because i needed somewhere to live it was literally like four walls there was a big hole in one of the walls as well that never got filled in Damn. yeah but I, I, but it was cheaper than paying rent but and this you know, was when you first moved to brazil yeah i bought it after three weeks so <laughs> nice. yeah <laughs> Eventually, when I was when I was ready to leave, how, how much was this? Ah, oh, fuck! I, it would have been about four thousand dollars, something like that. So not bad. Yeah, like yeah, it, 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 it had running water. I had a kitchen. It was like four walls. It wasn't very big. It was at the top of a favela, out the back of Copacabana. I think it was called Cantagal or something like this. The favela, I can't remember. Um, but like you would never see any tourists in there or anything because it hadn't been pacified because it was dangerous. Yeah, and that was the point I was going to get to. That 
house, well, when I was ready to go, I attempted to sell it, but $4,000 is a lot of money to a Brazilian, yeah, especially at that time, because the economy is, is volatile here. So the guy agreed to pay me, like, over time, and he started paying and then realized that he couldn't afford to pay what he owed me, so we said to him that he needed to leave, and fortunately, we, you know, we'd made a few good contacts in the favela, and so he was warned that he needed to leave, so he left, but he didn't leave, like, without giving me one back, so he you know he broke the taps up and stuff like that smashed the pipes did a couple of oh, the bricks man. in like the bricks were, the bricks were crap I, br I broke one of the bricks with a coffee jar when i was in there um but the worst part <laughs> the worst part was he took a shit in my fridge <laughs> 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 i was not expecting that <laughs> yeah so we had to get rid that's of the, the way to get back at your landlord eh right. yeah so we had to get rid of the fridge <laughs> But uh, yeah, we then found another girl. We then found another girl to sell it to. Who, um, yeah, we, we gave it to her at a discounted price because the place was fucked up. In the end, I think I pretty much came out with about five pounds profit. So I probably had enough for a beer, two beers here. Um, wow. But yeah, wow. like going back to the point about it being gunfight gun broke out in that favela once when I was there actually, um, and not not long after she bought it off of us. Yeah, and the police were fighting with drug dealers like two streets down, and obviously where it's on the mountainside because Rio's all mountains and stuff. Yeah. One of the bullets was shot up and it went straight through one of the bricks and hit her daughter. What? Her oh, yeah. No. yeah, she got shot in the house wow. she's living. So yeah, she's holy fun, guys. Right. Right. Not for tourists. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Damn. That's insane. Yeah. That's not you know, so, 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 so listen, I, 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 we did go down kind of a, a wormhole. So you, you started off in Rio and then kind of where did you progress from there? Uh, well, I, I pretty much was just in Rio. I went, I went to Sao Paulo for a little bit. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Sao Paulo over the last few years and I'd have to say it's an absolute shithole. It's honestly one of the worst places <laughs> I've ever in my life. I really wouldn't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> Just to clarify, yeah, we, I mean, we're what, like 10 minutes in, and so far we've mentioned about shit in a fridge, somebody getting shot in Sao Paulo. This isn't going great, guys. Like, we might have to change topics in a minute. Right. Like, it isn't, no, it, is, it isn't all bad yet, but Sao Paulo just isn't for me. Like, it, 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 it's a, like, Brazil is a continental country, really, when you look at how big it is, what's going on. And I'll mention that mm -hmm. phrase again in a bit, but Sao Paulo is like a country in itself. You know, it's got the same GDP okay. as, like, half of the EU countries. It's got the same, it's got twice wow. the population of Portugal. Wow. Yeah. It's insane. Like, yeah. Like when you go, when you go, when you go to meet a friend for something, yeah, you're going to, it takes you an hour and a half each way to get somewhere. Because of traffic and stuff, right? But yeah. Because of traffic or yeah. because of like public transport, you know, the connections aren't very good. You know, it's not, it's not as dangerous as Rio. Rio is the place where this tends to flare up most often, but it is very dangerous still. There are a lot of pickpockets, mm -hmm. you know, and there's just not a lot that I would recommend for tourists. There are, there are restaurants and bars there that are good, but you'd need to go with somebody who lives there to have knowledge of places to go. And even then, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing to write home. Like you mentioned Medellin, which is a much, much smaller city, but like the layout of Medellin mm -hmm. is reasonably similar on a small size. When you look at the Metro line, when you look at the fact that the historic center is a little bit Dirty, a little bit dangerous with the old cathedral. Right. It's like a mini Sao Paulo. But Medellin has some great bar districts. I don't think Sao Paulo has great bar districts. So I don't see many. Well, there's Medellin that bar that we went to go see the bears in. <laughs> That's in Villa Madalena, which to be fair is a good bar district. But one bar district for 22 million people is not really sufficient. Wait, That's you guys fair. can't just gloss over this. You saw some bears in a bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the best kind, the Chicago Bears. <laughs> we, were, we were driving in a taxi, and then we just saw football, and I was like, fuck, I want to watch football in Brazil. Let's do it. 
I'm literally thinking you guys are talking about the animals. Like, wait, hold on. Wait a yeah, minute. You never heard about the, the Brazilian bear? Right, like, wait a minute. I've heard of a donkey show, but what's the what's the bears in Brazil? <laughs> yeah, so so listen, we, we've talked, I guess, a little bit of shit on Brazil. So let's maybe start talking about some more positive stuff to encourage people like Brandon, who's interested in going. He hasn't written a goddamn thing on his notepad yet. <laughs> I just avoid Sao Paulo. <laughs> All right, so so let's get into food and drink. Food and drink. So, Brazil, being a massive country, has quite varied cuisine. So we probably will miss a lot of things. But like in comparison, it's very varied, and there is a lot going on. Like somebody asked me to talk about the food of my country the other day. I live in northeast of Brazil. Most people don't know England. And I mentioned basically it's like boiled vegetables and potatoes. <laughs> and that's it. You know, because compared to here, like here is the other end of the scale. Brazil's up there with like the Italy's of the world in terms of cuisine. Wow. Okay. I would say like for, like for lunch today, I had feijoada, which is something I would highly recommend. It's basically a stew of beans and like the off cuts of pork. You know, like you might get the, you might get the belly, you might get some, um, like some testicle. organs and some show. Yeah, maybe a few testicles. No, I don't think there's any Fucking testicles. <laughs> You know, <laughs> salty. You get, that, you get that with like some rice, and they, they, they eat farofa here, which is like a powder. It can be really confusing to tourists. The first it's time good, I saw man. it, I, I, ju I just ate a spoonful of it, yeah, and I fucking coughed up all over the restaurant because yeah, I didn't realize. Like the cinnamon was, challenge. I'm about to say the yeah, cinnamon like challenge. The <laughs> cinnamon challenge. I didn't realize you're supposed to mix it with other things. But like they'll cook uh, it up with different things. Like you can have farofa with egg. You can have farofa with bacon. Today I had farofa with banana. There's like little bits of chopped up dry banana in it. You know, and you mix that in with your bean stew and it's really, really delicious. Yeah. And, and it's what weird. is it? It's like cornmeal or something? Is yeah. It, is the what base, it is? I think, I think the base is cornmeal. Okay. I think, yeah. but I'm not. Yeah, I'm I thought it was chef, good too. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, that kind of leads me on to because oh, this is a hot country. Yeah. Uh, again, especially in the Northeast, it's like 30 degrees every day here. Mi minimum. Yeah. Even in Poor the winter. Guy. And yet we'll eat, we'll eat, we'll eat, we'll eat these hot stews for lunch. And like they're obsessed here with this thing called caljinho, which is a little bit like a mini soup, but it's served in a cup. Okay. Okay. And like, okay. Um, basically, yeah, I had, I had, I had one last night and it was, it was, I think it was made of like pork intestines, but it's usually again, made with like really flavorful parts. Like you have ones made with fish stock. You have one made with like chicken, like, um, yeah, bits of chicken or with beans again. And again, it's just like a little soup. It's 30 degrees and people will just, yeah, just knock one back on the beach. Damn. Like how big, yeah. how, like you say a cup, but like bigger than a shot glass, right? Like you get like yeah, two big, or yeah, three bigger, sips yeah, out of like it. Shot, it's not like a, it's not like a shot of soup. It's like um uh yeah like maybe like 250 mils okay is it like a small yeah. tim hortons coffee like a small tim hortons coffee yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, which whilst we're doing food and drink actually coffee is good here but i'm not going to mention it too much because we export all the good coffee but i will mention gotcha. the beer because the beer is pretty average to be honest but one of the weird things mm. they do here which if you don't know the country is going to confuse you the first time you come here most people because it's a slightly cheaper way to drink will order a large beer like a large bottle comes like either 600 mil or a liter yeah and then everybody will get a small glass like 200 mil and you'll share that amongst the group so you'll share one bottle of beer 
it's is, is really that a common odd. practice in South America or is that just a Brazil thing? Um, no, I haven't I've noticed seen, it. I've seen it. I've seen it in other parts of South America. I think I remember doing it in Buenos Aires as well. I don't know how common it is there if it's everywhere, but here, but here, it's, you, here it's widespread. Do you think that they do that because the beer could get warm if it's a large format like that and you kind of just had it open? I think I think that's one of the main reasons. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's that and that and the price. It just makes it economic to to, to drink more because there's not a, there's not a big draft beer culture here as well. It, it is mostly bottles that people drink from. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, we should be talking about beer. We should be talking about cachaça whilst we're on the subject of drinks, which right. you know What's pretty that? well, Phil. You're a big cachaça fan from what I hear. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh. did, we, did, did, did we ever get the tattoos out in season one? Uh, I don't think so. Or if we, well, we weren't doing video then, so I guess we might as well. Oh yeah, break them out. Let's see them. Should, should we do that now? It's there anyway. I don't know how well you can see it. <laughs> I can see him. I can see him. <laughs> yeah, so basically. Now, this is still PG 13 show, guys. Right, yeah, that's that's yeah, all you're going to yeah, see. We couldn't, we couldn't have gone much higher. You don't want to see the other matching tattoos, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so Kashasa here is like the local, is the local spirit here. Yeah? It's made from sugarcane and it's ridiculously cheap. Like okay. you can you can you can you can pick you can pick up a bottle from for, from the supermarket for like two dollars for a liter. Wow! Wow! Yeah. yeah, it's like so high in alcohol. I think you can get like like a few uh, few kilometers in your car, right? Oh, at least. Jesus! At what least. is it? What I is it? I think Elon Musk has been working with it lately. For yeah. rockets, I think. <laughs> what does it taste like? It tastes. It's uh, tequila is the easiest comparison. It doesn't taste okay. like tequila, but basically it's really sharp unless you unless you drink it with lime. Yeah, got you. Okay. It does. It does I've... burn. It burns you a little bit from the inside. I like that. Yeah, yeah is, fuck me up. <laughs> it, it is. It is a little bit moreish though. You do get used to the feeling. Like, oh yeah, I'll have a, I'll have another one of those. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you know. That. But the main the main thing they do with them here is they make cocktails like Caipirinha. Most people probably heard of that now. Yeah. I think that's gone mm -hmm. around the world a little bit. You right. know? And it's yep. basically lime and sugar is the traditional one. And again, you because the cachaça is so cheap, there's no mixer in it yet. It's just the lime. So they're short, strong cocktail, yeah? Mm -hmm. And again, if you go get one of those from a bar, like, okay, Sao Paulo's... Forget Sao Paulo prices. Yeah, let's talk about the Northeast. When I when I when I go to get one in a bar, again, it's going to cost me like a dollar fifty per cocktail on the beach. Yeah, I love it. You can't. Yeah, you you can't you can't beat that. Really, you know, a lot of people yeah. have started drinking it with vodka because they think it's a little bit classy. You know, sometimes they mix it up with different fruits as well. But it's all variations of the same thing. But that's the drink you've got to be trying, got to be drinking when you're here. Okay. You know. That's going to be your that's going to be your go to beverage, I think. You know, on the beverage side, I don't think there's much more that I'd really like to mention. But on the food side, I suppose there is still a few bits we should talk about, like a a carajé. Do, do you remember a carajé, Phil? Yeah, of course. That shit that did, did, the person, the, the stuff that the, the person just got out of a random cooler on the side of the road. <laughs> no, it was the woman that was. <laughs> it was dressed in like that traditional large white dress that looked like it would have made it difficult to walk in. Oh, and, um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, the, like the other, the, the, no, go ahead. It's like a fried, like a deep fried ball of, um, I always forget what it's made from, but it's a little, it's like halfway between bread and potato. Oh, but it's neither. Great. Yeah. And basically in the mid she cuts that deep fried ball open, yeah, and she puts like this fish paste, prawns, oh, yeah. And then you get like for everybody um, else. Yeah. Right. 
you get a little bit of you get, you get a little bit of chili on there yeah there's another brazilian vegetable that they use that they put on there sometimes like gilo and it's yeah it's it's delicious yeah you just it's like eating like a shrimp sandwich almost but brazilian I made style, a, deep fried. a huge mistake by not eating before recording this episode <laughs> i'm so hungry <laughs> listening to this shit <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, two, two, two other plates I want to touch on quickly, you know, because yeah, we're hitting some good points now. We're just getting excited. I like this. Yeah. You know, one, yeah. One, one is Mukeka, which you also ate with me in Salvador. Which you, Salvador is a good place for food, I think. You know, this is like a seafood stew, okay? So basically, you get a layer of fish or soft shell crab is my favorite one. Oh. Yeah. Soft shell crab, then you get a layer of peppers, layer of tomatoes, layer of onions, cover it all in like coconut milk, um, olive oil from a plant called dengue. I don't know if there's a translation for that. I don't think you can get it anywhere else, but you have to have Is that how you get dengue work. fever? <laughs> God. Dengue figure or fever? No, fever, fever. <laughs> uh, Dad yeah, joke feel. <laughs> And then again, you're putting like a big like kind of fish stock sauce on the top of this with the coconut milk. Again, you're eating with chili because the chili's got to go with everything here because it makes everything 10 times better, except the yeah. morning after. Um, of course. And then you get, you know, and then that's served like boiling hot, you know, soft shell crab, different seafood, bit of rice on the side, piru, which ah. is like a thick, thick fish. Again, it's a fish stock. It's the only way to describe it, but it's thick. You know, you could you could build a sandcastle out of it, or I guess it would be a wow. Peru castle. But you could you could sculpt it. Yeah, you eat a couple spoonfuls of that. It's full of flavour. Um, yeah, and the other one, which is from from the area where I live in, uh, which is Juan Pessoa in in Paraíba. Most people never fucking heard. Most Brazilians haven't heard of it. Couldn't point to it on a map. But I mean, I could point to it on a map because <laughs> you're what you're north northeast. Yeah, north, it's ac it's actually the most eastern point of South America. In case you're wondering. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, I'll get into this a little. Little bit more in a minute when we finished food and drink but it's basically like a city that's been built on 30 kilometers of beach yeah and it's wow. yeah. sounds terrible yeah it's <laughs> 30 degrees every day yeah yeah and the main Jeez. plate we eat here that's very common is we eat couscous which yeah it's couscous you know what couscous is mm -hmm. yeah yeah and they eat that with goat you know you you do like a slow cooked goat with a little bit of like um a little bit of sauce left over from the from the juices of the meat and you put that with like a, a big pile of couscous and then put a bit of cheese in the middle of the couscous oh wow yeah nice and that's uh yeah that's delicious do you know what i mean you might get one of those for like three dollars jesus have that for I'm breakfast like that's right a good now. that's a good that's a good start to the day yeah i mean you can just kind of eat out as much as you want on those prices right because i mean it's probably more expensive to even make it at home yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, especially with inflation thanks russia <laughs> are we allowed to do that yet <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so supermarket prices actually here are pretty bad in terms of food, but like eating out is really cheap. Sao Paulo, you can find stupidly expensive places, but like here, yeah, Rio as well is a little bit hit and miss. But most of the other regions, like we went to Belo Horizonte, which is a hub for food, which again, I'll speak about a bit more in a minute. Yeah. Okay. It, You'll, you'll, struggle to, you'll struggle to spend more than $15, $20 for a big meal with drinks in a nice location. Like a whole night of drinks? Well, the drinks that you would have with dinner. You know, we're talking like, I don't know, what do you, what do you drink with dinner? Three beers, maybe? Six beers? You know, Three to seven. 15 be you know, Three 15 to beers seven. with dinner, are you? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what you do, Beaches, but I, I was not a 15 beer with dinner kind of guy. Nah, not at all. No. I'd be pissing so, yeah, all with night. Dinner, with <laughs> <laughs> It fucking depends at the drinks. table. With <laughs> <laughs> some dinner drinks, that's the kind of price you're looking at, you know. And you might be talking $5 to, to $8, really, if you just want a regular meal. You don't want to go somewhere too nice. Man, the prices are just excellent. Very, very competitive. 
Right. Take and that's just in your area, not in the like the more popular Rio, Sao Paulo areas, uh, right? Basically, basically, that's anywhere outside of those two and maybe right. Brasilia as well. Brasilia is quite expensive because of all the politicians. Okay. Thanks, gotcha, Bolsonaro. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into top five. Top five. So. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Brazil is a very large country. There are many, many, many things to do. And even having spent maybe three years combined across the last seven years here, there is still a million things I haven't done. And yet, even having not done some of those things, this morning when I drew this up, I had a list that was like a hundred deep and I couldn't find a way to cut it. So this is actually going to be a top 100. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to do like a March Madness breakdown, like one versus 16? <laughs> no, I, ju I, ju I just looked at it like this in the end, which was whatever way I tie it, to, like rip this up. People are going to disagree with me. So basically, if you disagree, of fuck course. off and go start your own podcast. I've picked the five things I like the most. Straight up. Yeah. Straight <laughs> up. I, I've disregarded anything I haven't done. Like, I haven't been to the Amazon. People go like, oh, you live in Brazil. Why are you not going to the Amazon? It's a thousand kilometers away. It was two and a half thousand kilometers away when I lived in Sao Paulo. We flew over on the way to Colombia. I've seen it from a window. I'm not going to count it. Right. Um, yeah. Um, I'm sure there was something else cool I've not 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 done as well. But I can't Honorable mentions? Now. Yeah. That was, but one honorable mention I will say is Foz de Iguazu or Iguazu. Sioux Falls, which many of you might know from the 1986 movie The Missionary, starring Robert De Niro and Liam Neeson, because we love a movie reference. Nope. No, it was one of, it was one of his it. flops. I don't think it made it to cinema. <laughs> I've heard I of the position, it. just not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Barats. Um, no, basically they're like some of the biggest, gnarliest waterfalls in the world. But I only spent the afternoon there, like I didn't go on a boat trip or anything like this. So I'm not going to put it in, but it's worth an honorable mention. It is pretty cool. And it straddles the border between Paraguay and Argentina. So basically when you're going over them, you can see three countries. But again, I didn't go over them, I just wow. went to them. Anyway, it's not in the top five, so forget about it. Right, number five is... If I can find my list, Ejil de Ajuda. There are a lot of small beach towns in Brazil, which are very weird when you've come from a city because they just don't feel like they're anything to do with the cities. They feel like they're, they're in another country because you go from all this noise and craziness to these quiet, calm places that feel completely safe. A lot of them have a lot like colonial architecture. You know, you can see all the bright colors, you know, blue doors and red houses and orange roofs. You know, it, it looked like a Portuguese man designed them 400 years ago, basically. And you know, as I said, there are a hundred of these up and down the coast, on the, like on the east coast. And they all look reasonably similar. But Ejil de Jura that I went to with you, Phil, was, was my favorite one that I've been to. Because there's a big, like, cliff at the end at the end of the town when you look down onto the beach, which is which is pretty nice. So you're a little bit high up from, a, from, from the beach when you go down. The beach looks a little bit wild. I said the town is very pleasant. There's not a million things to do there, but one cool thing to do is you can do a hike, okay, along to the next town, which is called Trancosa. Um, which is also is that like the one we did? Cologne. Yeah, we, that's the one we did. And the, the hike is very interesting. It's about 13 or 14 kilometers. And it's interesting because it's on the sand. It's in the jungle, it's up a hill. And then at one point you even have to trek through a river. So we've got like our, we've got our mini backpacks for the day and we're holding them up like above our head. 
so that they don't get wet whilst we're trekking through this river, mm-hmm. you know. And there could have been like alligators in there or some shit, you know. I don't know if alligators live. It was by fucking the sea. dangerous, man. Yeah, it did look pretty dangerous. Hey, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to pause, Sid. I just want to pause on that one because there's a story missing to how we <laughs> even got to do that. And I think we should listen. I, we don't do stories in top five, but I just think that it was one of the most unique experiences that I've experienced in my life. Please share, please. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm assuming I'm going off onto the right tangent. Now. It's just the night before. Yeah, yeah. So the first, so the first night we were there, um, we were only there for two nights anyway. First night we were there, we were looking for somewhere to go for dinner. As you said, there's not much going on. There was only two restaurants open. Yeah, and w- the restaurant was actually a little bit steep by Brazilian prices. We were on a backpacker budget. You know, we were talking about fifteen dollars each or so. And we were thinking, like, do we really want to spend this? The food doesn't look that good. But we didn't have any other options. Was it pizza? So we was, yeah, I think it was. An, I think it was an Italian place um and yeah we we looked and thought fuck this is not really for us so we got speaking to the girl outside and she was like yeah it's it's you know it's a little bit expensive there's not so many options here but if you go buy some ingredients from the supermarket my mum will cook you dinner (laughs) and we'd met we met this girl on the street she was working at a restaurant and told us no you don't don't eat here eat my house so we went to the supermarket we picked up like some spaghetti some tomato sauce you know we probably spent like three dollars yeah and we, we showed up to the address that she told us to go to yeah met her mum and her mum was like oh yes yes come in didn't speak didn't speak a lick of english yeah and uh she chucked on the tv for us we were in like this old little rundown house yeah smashing we got a crate of beers as well because we figured we'd make a bit a bit, bit of a night of it smashing this crate of beers with this I old woman that was cooking that was cooking us a big bowl of spaghetti you know the whole the whole thing probably cost us about eight dollars with the eight dollars with the beer we were, we were watching the book of eli while she was cooking <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> That's great. I've never seen it before, movie. man. First time I saw it was on a great fucking movie. weird chair. Yeah, you know, fucking yeah, weird ass house in like, a weird ass situation. Fucking, yeah, these chair, these chairs were about like they were like armchairs, but they were about thirty years old with big holes in them. The house was falling apart. Surprised the oven actually worked. But yeah, we shared. We and shared her daughter was was there too. She came. Her daughter was work, there, yeah. and she was like, and she she looked like she was sixteen, had a kid, like. Oh shit. Just, we thanked, we thanked her for the spaghetti, finished off the beers and, and went on our way, you know. But that's the kind of cool thing that happens in small towns that you don't, again, you don't get in the city. It's a nice, you know, we spent the evening with a random Brazilian family. That's an interesting time, you know. You're, you're, you're welcomed into somebody's home, you know. You're treated well here. There are right. nice people here. Yeah. That's the one so experience that was- I have not had on my travels yet is like being invited to some, a local's house outside of like after the club, go back to a local's house. But I mean like... <laughs> you mean a girl? house uh, right exactly yeah <laughs> but i mean like you know get invited like on, on a random like oh my family will cook you dinner tonight like come and meet my family i have n- i have yet to have that experience in my travels and um but i also haven't been looking for it also you know but i, I do want that experience to happen because it's one that i've heard and read about many times i'm like damn i'm missing out on that experience yeah, it, it can be sketchy though right like oh, of course you don't, you don't if, if you're if you're by yourself or something like yeah. you don't know like hey this is the fucking the start of a taken movie you know right that's why i practice karate so i can <laughs> the first time it happened to me i was in, i was in malaysia i went to this island yeah and i got chatting to this 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 local woman and got off the boat and there was there was nothing there there's only about 10 people living on the island anyway i went there just to chill out and do a bit of snorkeling and um yeah i got chatting and she's like yeah there's no restaurants open there was one restaurant there but it was closed like, oh yeah why don't you come to my house for lunch so she made me and like a few other tourists you know just a, just a couple of plates of food and i mean i had the other tourists right. with me and i think they would have taken my side but also i weighed it up and i was thinking like i'm i'm six two she can only be about five foot if she tries anything i've probably got her here <laughs> 
though. I felt safe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right so anyway the reason we mentioned that woman's dinner was because she told us about this trek that we told her we were going to do and she was like be careful because if you leave too late yeah the tide will come in and it gets really really dangerous some people have died doing this so what did we do well we got pissed didn't we and then woke up late and went to do it hung over because what's traveling if you're not pissed so when right, we got exactly. to the part with the rocks the tide was in and we had to climb up the rocks and we were scaling these fucking rocks like the oh three of God. us trying try to find a way, like a little route that wasn't too dangerous. Like, you know, like slipping on them because they're wet. The, the water's coming up and hitting us. Fuck, we managed to get through it in the end. But you can see how it would have killed people. Like if we were an hour later, that wouldn't have been possible, I think. We probably did Man. just hit the limit in terms of time. Wow. And what was fucked up is that there was kind of a rock section. So you had like beach and then a rock section out to the water. So you had to go over the rocks. And then there was another beach section and then another section of rocks. So had we then like minutes later later we would have been stranded either we wouldn't have been able to pass and would have gotten hit into the rocks or we would have been stranded between the two rock sections so it was it was it felt like a movie man it felt like you know just yeah. in time but yeah there, there's a there was a bar about eight kilometers into the trek just after the rock section i think and suddenly a torrential storm came and we stopped for a couple of beers do you remember yeah, it was... that little beach bar and it was that was yeah. cool because we were like oh fuck you know we survived the tough part and they were like nice yeah. relaxing beers and ca ca carried on and a cool thing last thing i'll mention on this before we move on to number four was it's a good chance to see wildlife as well we saw a lot of crabs we saw a lot of lizards when we were on the jungle lizards bar. yeah and we saw a slot we saw a sloth oh wow yeah we, yeah, we saw a wild, wild sloth going from tree to tree it was really cool i'd never seen a sloth before that's awesome oh so, and 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 also you can't forget the fucking when we got to the top of the cliff there's just this random guy in like the brazilian <laughs> Brazil, brazilian bathing suits with his like like basically a fucking uh, speedo and the guy's like right next to the cliff and he's like about to go hang gliding and he's like hey what's up guys do you want to join me in like brazilian probably and <laughs> no safety was just, clearly, no clearly safety he, equipment clearly he built this at home as well <laughs> he's in like speedo of all things <laughs> i was just like what the fuck is going on he's like i'll hold yeah, you i don't have a harness Oh my god! <laughs> he, got, he, got, he got really, he got really annoyed that we wouldn't jump with him. He he he, he was insane. really pissed off that we wouldn't go on his homemade kite because that's basically what it was. It was like four kites stuck to a pole. But yeah, Jesus. we didn't go. Was he expecting he all three of you guys to do it? <laughs> no, just one of us, and then just go to one. the next town. Jesus Christ! Yeah, his Sorry, speedos, the harness. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, hey, how, how, how do we hold on? Just, I just climb into my speedo. That's all you gotta do. Climb into my speedo. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. <clears throat> so, number four, if I can find my list. Ah, Jesus, not the guy who hosts the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, Christ, Christ. <laughs> Christ the Redeemer, the big Jesus statue in Rio. Generic, generic okay. as fuck, but it's one of the wonders of the world for for a reason. You know, it, it, it is really cool. Like, it, 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 you, there's not much to say about it, except it's a massive, like, 20-foot statue of Jesus on the top of a mountain. You know, but you can see over the city of Rio, which I've already said, has its pros and cons, but it is landscape-wise pretty unbeatable. Yeah. And, like, you, you can go up there by bus. I think there's a funicular railway as well. Or you can take a hike up there. But a hike, hike is, like, I don't know, eight or nine kilometers but it's tough 
Yeah, it's properly steep. Like some of the buses struggle. A hike knackers wow. you out. Yeah, you, you, as I said, you've got different ways to get up there. You pay a couple of a couple of dollars to get in, you know, and you just walk around it basically and you can see a 360 degree of the city. The nice thing about it as well is you can see it from various different places. Like you'll go to a few different beaches, like Flamingo Beach is one of my favorites there. The water is not very nice in Flamingo Beach, but it's very calm, very relaxed. You don't get too many people there. Yeah, and you can just kind of lay, like, you know, lay on your back in the ocean and you look back over the city and you've got a perfect view of the front of Jesus looking over wow. the city. And it's quite a spectacular view even from the ground. So yeah, nice. highly recommended. Okay. Number three, we are going with one that you won't hear about much, but as I said, this is these are my favorite things. So Araya Vermelia, which roughly translates to red sand. Okay, red sand, as we are going to call it, is quite a unique place. The city I live in, okay, it is it geographically quite interesting because there are coral reefs all around it. So the water is really, really flat and calm and hot. Yeah, it also means that we don't get sharks or anything like that. Okay. And that the water is and that the water is very, very shallow, most like for a long way out. So what it means when we get low tide is actually a sand island appears. Oh, and this is what they nice. call red sand because the sand is red. So at low tide, which is happens in the morning, okay, you can get a boat out about 7 a.m., okay, and you'll see all these boats go out to, to, to red sand. And basically it just ends up like a big morning piss up because they'll have loud music on the boats. They've got all these slides so that you can like slide off or you can jump off the second deck. Yeah, there's bars on the, on some of the boats or the people who are doing the tours, they'll take orders for you and then they'll come back with your order in like a big cooler. So they'll bring you a cooler with whatever you've ordered for the day and you can just take that on the boat and then take it nice. to Red Sand with you. You get off the boat, you can swim around Red Sand and basically you just walk around or hang out for a few hours and get pissed with everyone else. Like it's just a tear up. It like, sounds it takes right maybe, up my alley. Yeah, it takes maybe half an hour to get there. So you'll think about, you probably start, you probably start drinking from about half seven and you're just properly on the piss until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And then you get the boat back because the island disappears. Right. And yeah, that's it. That's, wow. that's it for the island for the day. So you're back on the mainland by 11 o'clock, pissed and ready to, for a day of fun. Where, you know, you've got a whole day in front of you and you've already done something that's fucking yeah, cool. I'm definitely adding this to my list. This, this sounds right up my alley for sure. Yeah, getting the pen out. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Number two, everybody knows that Brazil is a very passionate football nation. Okay. It is basically a religion here along with the other religions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> No, like when it comes to like the national team or big club games, people go wild for it. Yeah, filling bars, filling the streets and the atmosphere, the atmosphere is normally electric. Okay, there is a stadium here in Rio called the Maracana, which for anyone who is a football fan knows that it's like a mecca of, of, of football. It's one of the most important stadiums in the world. It hosted like the 1950 World Cup final. It hosted the 2014 World Cup final um, and it's hosted various other big games through history it's very big very majestic and it's like a big yellow and blue bowl okay and even if you can't see the national side there if you can catch a club game there i'd highly recommend it because ticket prices these days are a little bit expensive for locals you might not get a huge crowd in there but if you can catch the right game it's going to be a sellout there's going to be flares there's going to be drums there's going to be flags there's again there's going to be a big piss up before the game so yeah it's it's it, it, it's well worth well worth checking out you know there are other football stadiums in the country as well which 
if you are a football fan, definitely advise it. Or even if you just want to get involved in the atmosphere, it can be it can be a cool, nice kind of local experience because it is it is a very authentic thing to do to go to a Brazilian football game with Brazilians, you know, because it's something they yeah. do regularly do. It's part of the it's part of the life here. So to go to the is Maracana, it something it was, that's safe to do? It can be very like, dangerous. Like I okay? know that there's quite a bit. Yeah, like I know that there can be quite a bit of rivalries in, in Brazilian soccer and a lot of in a, a lot of other sports, but obviously the scale of danger I feel like increases once you go to Brazil. Yeah, because firearms are quite common here. It's a little bit like uh, like the '80s hooligan movement in England, but on steroids because it's fucking it's crazy. Like you often hear of people getting killed. Or or bottle is a verb. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta fucking bottle you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, e even in like smaller state championship games, you'll, he you'll hear of people getting shot. So do be careful, you know, behave yourself. Don't, go don't wear the shirt of a team unless you know about the game that you're going to see and who you might encounter because organized fan violence is a problem. But don't let it put you off because it, like tr most of the trouble in Brazil, it's avoidable. You'll find it if you go looking for it, but it's not as dangerous as people like think. The media will make you think that Brazil is really dangerous. It's not. It's dangerous if you start flashing your cash, if you go out in an Armani suit every night, yeah? If you make it really clear that you are not from there, or if you go walking into a favela that's not pacified, yeah? It is dangerous. Like wearing if a Budweiser shirt? Yeah, like wearing a Budweiser <laughs> shirt, like you did the whole time, you absolute prick. <laughs> Literally everywhere we went, this guy was walking around in his fucking Budweiser wife beater thinking, why are people following us? Why is this suspicious young man <laughs> with a bandana following us? Why? Because he's got the why fucking he, Budweiser why, wife on. Why, why is but, he sharpening his knife? But no, so basically, yeah, if you go down in, in, in civilian clothes, maybe with a group of people, if you've met a few people, you know, if you don't start getting really loud and rowdy about things that you don't know, you won't get into trouble going to the game. So it's cool. Go and enjoy yourself. Go and have a great time because it's a proper good Brazilian experience. Yeah. And, and just quickly, any um, tips on if you are planning to go to a football game, what to do, maybe like how you should wear or what you should wear or what you shouldn't do? Yeah, just look, look, look for the colours of the teams that are involved. And unless you're going specifically with a group of organised fans from one of the teams, don't wear either colour, okay? And if you are feeling intimidated by a bar because you're maybe not an experienced traveller or, you know, you're sensible, unlike us, you know, don't go into a bar that makes you feel uncomfortable because if they are, if you see the bars that are really rowdy, that are packed with people, you know, that have got people outside as well and there are people getting pissed outside buying beers on the streets, that is normal to see, yeah, but those are the ones where it starts to boil over because people are pissed and there's too many people too close together. So go and find somewhere quieter if you're feeling a little bit intimidated. Maybe it's not for you, yeah, but obviously I can't say don't do it because I'm the guy in the middle standing on the tables drinking other people's beers. Basically, just don't go to the same bars as Sid because he actually <laughs> is the danger in Brazil. <laughs> Number one, okay, it is to go on a bar hop in Belo Horizonte. Belo Horizonte is a spectacular what? city. Yes. It's fully deserving of this number. Oh my one God, spot. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's be often, buried there. It's my favorite city. <laughs> it's often, it's often overlooked, strangely, by tourists, and I don't know why. Because the main thing that the, the city advertises is it has the most bars per square meter anywhere in the world. It's that's an wow, insane okay. statistic. Yeah. 
Sid, yeah. Sid sold it to me by saying there's just basically bars and restaurants. There's nothing else there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck right, it, let's okay. do it. <clears throat> we just we we, we we are there hostels and stuff or like what's the uh, no? It just meant in terms of tourism like? stuff. Like there's there's nothing else. But yes, yeah, there are, right, there's okay. there's accommodations. Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple of hostels there. Yeah. We we literally just ate and drank for two and a half days. Like we didn't we didn't stop having things in front of us. Nice. But ev everywhere was so cheap. Like when we, when we got the first bill, I rushed to pay it because I actually thought the girl had made a mistake, and then we found out that was the same price everywhere. <laughs> And you have to think, I hadn't, I hadn't just insane. jumped off the, I hadn't just jumped off the plane. I'd been in Brazil for like three weeks when we went up to Belo Horizonte. Yeah. I knew, I knew roughly what prices were like. And I saw it and I was like, fuck, she's made a mistake. No, that was it. That was the price. A beer, a beer was like 80 cents as in the big one for two of us. Like, again, amazing, that was a few right? years ago. We've had inflation. Things might've gone up a little bit, but it's far, far cheaper. Maybe like 60 cents cap. now. Yeah. <laughs> That's less. <laughs> Economics. <laughs> <laughs> it's far far cheaper than the, than the other state capitals as phil said there's there's really nothing to see there but like all all the good food can be found there you know minas food is famous in brazil because they'll export it to other states every state has got their own kind of food but minas is one is one of the states where they'll eat minas food in every state because it because it's really really good you know, you've got like local markets you can go to where they'll cook you up like a nice plate of like Brazilian. Again, I'm just going to say vegetables because nobody's going to get what the translation is, but it would be like, um, ki um, yeah, anyway, like gilo and things like this. Vegetables that are like native to Brazil. Mm. Yeah, with some Google it, guys. You'll Google it. On the grill. Google it. Yeah, get on some Brazilian vegetables on Google. That'll be easier. Um, yeah, but you know, so we just drink, <laughs> just, just drinking and eating constantly in different bars. I think we went to like 16 bars or something like that on day two. Hey, there's something that we completely forgot and i'm fucking i can't believe we forgot it for food and drink which is is it makes sense to, uh -oh. to bring up right now chicken hearts oh shit yeah how do we forget chicken hearts guys eat chicken hearts chicken. yeah you can get a stick of them yeah. on the barbecue phenomenal like five or six chickens okay. on so, chicken hearts on a stick yeah ah good good shit wow so so it's it, so chicken hearts in brazil are amazing they know how to prepare them it's really really good so funny story that happened to me with chicken hearts is that I was on a bachelor party in Nashville with a bunch of guys. We were like 10 guys and we were downtown looking for a place to eat. And we came across a Brazilian churrascaria. For those who don't know what a churrascaria is, is kind of a place where they just bring sticks of meat, shave off a little bit and just serve you. It's kind of like all you can eat. And they also had chicken hearts there. So how, obviously, how, how did you describe it? it? Was it was gluttony? No, gluttony was how you described gl it. Gluttony. It's it's beautiful. You just leave. You're just so sweaty from the meat sweats. It's it's beautiful. Oh yeah. And so so I told the guys, I was like, guys, you have to try chicken hearts. Chicken hearts are so good. And I was like, it's a Brazilian churrascaria in Nashville, so it it has to be good. Anyways, we tried it and it was really bad. And then they were just like, you're an idiot. We're never trusting you again. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to McDonald's from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking US, man. God damn it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, anyway. Just, right. just in case I didn't have you sold on... on Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. I, I wasn't going to go political. I think we, we, we've mentioned Putin, Bolsonaro, yeah, and Obama. Nah, nah, so we might as well. Nah, nah. <laughs> 
Anyway, guys, go go to Villa Horizon <laughs> with some friends. Go, you know, go and get lost in the city, wander around, find some different bars, German bars, samba bars, pagodji bars, mute bars with live music, English-themed bars. Yeah, bars on rooftops, okay. bars in markets, bars on the street corner, bars in a bakery. Go and enjoy some bars, basically. It's the only place that's got more bars than Beejus, rapping career. All right, good one. <laughs> let's get into story time. Story time. So this happens. This this story happened on our, our Sid and I's Brazil trip. So on the trip, there was Sid, myself, and his wife. We were all in Porto Seguro, and we were looking to go to uh, Salvador. So just up the coast from Salvador. So we're looking. You know, how do we get up there? You know, can we fly? Hopefully, because the roads in Brazil aren't always the greatest. And unfortunately, our our best option was the bus, and it was fucking brutal. It's this the bus from from Porto Seguro to Salvador was like nine hours, and it was a red eye. Can you say a red eye like for bus, or is it just airplanes? I think it only works with planes. But I got, but I got, but I got the meaning. Yeah. Okay. It was right. night. It was night when we were doing it. So we were last minute to book our tickets and we got kind of the, the last few seats on the on the bus. So Sid and his wife got the second last row of seating and then I got the last row of seating. And it was an advantage for me because there was nobody sitting next to me because I was sitting right next to the shitter. So like I could like lay down, right? Because nobody oh, wants to sit no. next to the shitter because you know you smell people's shit for nine hours and so I was willing to take that hit to be able to lay down, right, for, for a portion of it. So in the middle of the night, I'm sprawled out over the two seats, mid-fucking REM sleep, drooling probably, and some guy in uniform, he wakes me up, and he asked me to move over because I was like laying down into in his seat. So I moved over, whatever, you know, sat up and then just like continued sleeping. So I'm sleeping, you know, I'm having beautiful dreams. And then all of a sudden, I feel someone grab my dick. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm so glad I don't know these stories beforehand because my reactions are going to be so genuine. <laughs> yeah, so so like I jumped and then I like wake up. Uh, everything is like dark in the bus and I turn over to the guy next to me, the buddy in the uniform and I'm like, I look at him and buddy's wide awake. He, he's just like there like looking forward. So so I'm like still drowsy at this point. I'm like, did this really happen? Did this dude just grab my dick? Like, was I just dreaming? Like, but then I like play it back in my head. I'm like, no, there was definitely like, like a gorilla grip, like fucking grab. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah. So, so the more I think about it, it a hundred percent happened. I'm like, fuck, like it happened. So I get defensive and I'm like, all right, I'm awake now. Like if this guy tries anything else, I'm going to fucking elbow him in the head. Like no more, like what the fuck? Who does that? So anyways, a few like minutes one, later, one grabs the bus grabs is getting, okay, but not two yet. You're pushing it. Right, it's over two. two right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a few minutes, a few minutes later, like the bus is coming off to like a, to a stop. And the guy next to me, the guy in uniform gets up, like the bus wasn't even stopped. He still got up and just was going towards the exit. And you know, someone is, is guilty when they like get up, you know what I mean? And don't wait for the bus to leave or to, to stop, to get up. Like this guy was not, he was not interested in like having small talk. And so the most fucked up thing about the story is that when the guy got up, I looked over and I saw that he had a fucking pistol holder on his leg. So the guy was fucking strapped with a gun, grabbing folks' dicks, 
And when he was leaving the bus, I woke Sid up and I was like, Sid, like, what, who, like, who is this guy? Like, what's the uniform that he has on? Is it like military post policeman? Is he like a fucking postman? Like, what is he? And so Sid was like, postman. he's, he's a mil. <laughs> and so Sid was like, no, that's, that's a military guy. And to note, so for those who don't know, I guess some backstory about Brazil is that their president that we mentioned earlier is Jair Bolsonaro. And Bolsonaro is a anti-gay right wing president. So L lunatic. You got to think that like, yeah. So, so if you, you got to think that this guy had, I either, you know, hit this guy in the head with my elbow for him grabbing my dick again, he would have probably just pulled his gun out mm. or... Had I done something, he might not have shot me, but he may have fucking, who knows, man, just obviously Bolsonaro wouldn't be a big fan of him grabbing dicks is, is, is basically what I'm saying. No, but Bolsonaro is also a military yeah, man. That's scary. So you might have had to have just accept that second dick grab if it had happened. <laughs> yeah, man, like, it, like, it's... That's so fucked up. <laughs> It's fucked up, and it's not something it's that, so like, fucked up. like for me, it wasn't something that, you know, I could control. It was, fuck, I was sleeping. Like, and it, for me, like, thinking right. back to that, like, I, it wasn't necessarily the act that was the thing that bothered me. Like, obviously it did, but the thing that really, like, afterwards, thinking about replaying that situation, I was like, it could have been just so much worse had he pulled his gun out. Um, and it, it just also kind of did struck me that, you know, like, if it can happen to me... <laughs> No, that's why I was so angry. <laughs> but 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 for me, like thinking about it, it's like if it can happen to me, it can really happen to anyone. Like I'm not the smallest guy in the world, and you know, like I, I guess it just kind of opened my eyes to that can to that type of thing. Like I, I've never considered that even happening to me, and you know, it just doesn't. It doesn't just happen to women. I guess too is is something to to kind of consider, right? can happen to men as well. Yeah, I mean, fucking hey, that's scary as shit. I mean, I'm laughing, of course, because I laugh at everything, especially when I'm uncomfortable. But um, <laughs> it's just like, damn, I couldn't even imagine what I would do in that scenario. Sheesh. Yeah, yeah I was waiting for like uh, Ashton Kutcher to get out, like you're being punked. <laughs> you know, uh, right. we, we, do, we do come yeah. here to laugh at the end of the day, so it makes sense we are having fun about it. But like, as you said, you know, you're in a foreign country, you, you yourself don't speak the language, you know, this guy is military, it's dark, it's nighttime. This is a scary fucking situation when you when you take the laughs and the little jokes out of it and stuff. It's a very uncomfortable situation and it probably happens often, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't have been his first uh, um, dick. No. No, you, you definitely were not his. He's probably a serial dick grabber. <laughs> yeah. Phil, did, a postal serial dick Phil, grabber. Phil, this happened, what, like four, four years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, four years ago. Yeah, I've been waiting four years to tell you this, Phil. This was me that grabbed your dick from the row behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great oh my god oh my god oh, oh man shit. oh wow that makes so much more sense now <laughs> that's why they just reached over told the told the military guy excuse me excuse hey me, just right, look right, forward right, don't right. <laughs> Don't, don't react. Yeah, exactly. Don't Looks look suspicious. <laughs> oh God! Have you guys seen? Have you guys seen the movie uh, Euro Trip? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That, yeah, I, I exactly. was the fucking no, Euro Trip guy on the train. Me scoozy. Yeah. Scoozy. Yeah. Put your fucking me pants scoozy. back on. <laughs> That's, well, as you're telling the story, I'm just thinking about that. Like, fuck. Yeah. 
It's just like the real life version of, of that experience. Yeah. That sucks, man. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Are you still hey, guys, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna end the stories on a on a you know sad note. Sid is going to come up with a he's gonna come and tell us his or one of our, our, our more uh, funny stories. Yeah, so this 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 actually happened about about three days after this actually when we were in when we were in Salvador. Um and me and Phil were um and ahhing about this when we were speaking about this episode today, like oh what 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 story should we do? And we agreed this was a nice one to, to end with. Basically, it was the last night of our trip together. I'd been in Brazil for about six weeks. I knew I had two weeks left before I needed to go back to Europe. Bill had been with me for about three weeks um, and he had to go the next day. So this was this was our last night. This was our last tear up. And a little bit of a backstory. I'm a big fan of the beer Alpine. So too is Phil. <laughs> And they do a Christmas giveaway every year. Yeah, they do a Christmas giveaway every year. And um, they, they basically, you answer a question, and if you get it right, you win. And the question was, what would you do if you won a camouflage onesie? And I wrote, I'd hide from my wife's family. And I won. <laughs> so Phil, so Phil awesome. bought, Phil, because obviously we live, we live, I was living in Portugal at the time. So this was our chance for Phil to give me the onesie. So Phil gave me the onesie on this trip. Obviously, I didn't use it because Salvador's hot. It's like fucking 25 degrees even at night. And I hadn't used it on the trip. I but he said to me, wait, this is our last night. Yeah. He said to me, if you wear the onesie out tonight, I'll pay for the drinks. Fuck this. And on a, on a backpacker's budget, I do this every time. I'll wear it tomorrow for breakfast as well. I don't care. So I'm, right. wearing, I'm wearing a camouflage right. onesie. Hey, wait, wait. Yeah. To note, to note, we... with a butt flap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the butt, the butt, the butt flap wouldn't stay fucking closed either. <laughs> wouldn't stay closed. Uh, right. oh, that's amazing. So oh, we go, we go oh, to God. the nice beach. Yeah, there's like a beachfront Riviera part of Salvador, which is which is where like the classy place to go for a night out. But fuck it, we'll go out there tonight. We'll go for you know, we'll hit it hard. So we rock up to this place right on the beachfront, like practically underwater. You know, the waiters are all wearing suits. Yeah, there are people there that have clearly got got a bit got a bit of cash going on, yeah. And and the guy looks and I'm like I don't know if I want these two in here because Phil's just dressed normally. I'm in this onesie like a fucking clown. And we explain to him that we're that we're tourists. So okay, he gives us a table. Next thing you know, we're ordering the most expensive champagne on the menu, and everybody's looking round at us now. Most expensive champagne on the menu was only about twenty dollars, but they were still looking round. Like, I think I have a picture of that. They're dressed. This yeah, this must be how celebrities dress in Europe. Wow. Honestly, all eyes are on us all night. So we have we we have we have a skin full. We go to this little club for a little bit afterwards and stuff. Not too much going on, but hey, good good last night. Nothing outrageous. Think, oh, what are we going to do? Let's get, get a taxi back. We we'll go home. So we get a taxi back to our part of the city, and we tell the guy, oh, you stop stop at McDonald's for us. So we stop we stop at McDick's. We get some we get some burgers. We've got this nice rooftop place, so we don't need to eat at a restaurant. We're gonna the taxi driver gonna drop us close to the hotel. I say close because the center of Salvador, you can't really drive through the historic center because it's all like cobbled streets and stuff. And I think it actually gets closed at night, like the streets that you it can does, drive yeah. on anyway. So we got we got dropped on the outskirts of the historic center. Salvador is also extremely dangerous, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. Um, yeah. the capital top so ten. It, wow. Per, yeah, per capita top ten, like in, no, not in the world, in Brazil. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we get dropped on the outskirts. The historic center is, you know. It's where the tourists go. So we're thinking nothing of it. We don't mind that we've got a little bit of a walk to do to get back. And we start walking and we're going through these back roads, these little cobbled roads. We know where to go, at least, because we, we've been here for a couple of days. But we know we're right at the wrong end of where we really actually needed to be. And then this guy comes out from around the corner. Okay. 
and he starts talking to us. I mean, I'm quite pissed. I can't really understand what he's what what he's saying. To be honest, he was really slurring as well. He wasn't like in a good state. Yeah. And then he starts pulling at the McDonald's bags. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And Phil's got his open. You know, chowing down a couple of those chips before or, or French fries before <laughs> French uh, fries. you know before they get <laughs> freedom fries. So um. Freedom so, <laughs> so next thing you know, right, he's finished pulling at my McDonald's bag. Now he's trying to get at Phil's, at, at, at Phil's freedom fries. And at this point, Phil's like, no, get, get away, get away. Yeah. And I'm saying to him as well, you know, get, get away, get away. So he takes a step back, but like he's walking backwards anyway. So he's now in front of us. Yeah. And next thing you know, pulls out a fucking knife. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> solid blade like this. Yeah. Got to be, got to be a good eight incher, which is what the military guy said about Phil as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> But honestly, oh, we're like, oh, applause, shit. Applause. <laughs> so me and Phil now are backtracking fast because this, this, you know, there are two of us, but we've got no weapons. We're pretty pissed. I mean, my ass is hanging out of my onesie anyway. The only weapon I have is a Bro. fucking Sprite. Oh, I forgot about the woods. <laughs> but yeah. I, for I forgot like, about the onesie at this point, too. <laughs> yeah. Look, that's probably why it came up because you probably like, look at these two. Look at these pair of clowns. Right. Right. So we're backing away, yeah, walking away from this guy, biding our time. We're like, no, 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 no. You know, and he's he's shouting now. He's getting a bit angry. Unfortunately, as I said, they closed the centre. And we're the city is dangerous, but they know that the tourists go to the historic centre. There are cops working on some of the corners. Okay. Fucking and we managed guns. to just come into where we walk where we're walking backwards, we just about walk into the site of this cop female cop actually yeah she looked like she could handle herself like, i wouldn't fuck with her and she comes sprinting up the road yeah like a like usain bolt like a brazilian usain bolt sprinting up the road shouting at the guy shouting at the guy and he's like oh fuck fuck yeah drops the knife like stops exactly what he's doing yeah and the woman comes over she's standing next to him big fucking gun with a probably had some kind of bat or something as well baton i suppose they're called aren't they for policemen um i might be called a truncheon i don't know i'm not a dictionary um and so he and Phil are like, oh, fuck, fuck, you know, we can breathe. Because I don't know what the guy would have done with this knife. I mean, we would have given him the food, I suppose. Or at least I would have given him Phil's. But, you know, we're now like, oh, fuck, we've got, you know, breathe. Like, <laughs> you know, that was a scary-ass situation. Police woman's like, oh, calm down, it's okay, you know. And the guy's just standing there like, he looks confused what to do now. But he's not going to run away from her. You know, she's armed and fast and dangerous by the looks of it. And so she's like, no, no, go back to your hotel. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah. And her and the guy kind of accompany us for a little bit, because I guess the guy knows that he's going to get arrested or whatever, yeah? And she doesn't want anyone else to come after us. I assume that was the situation that I gathered from it. And we do like the last two minute walk to the hotel with her. And she's like, okay, have a nice night. Thanks. And that was it. We go upstairs, never see the knife wow. guy again. Did manage to get away with the McDonald's, which was now cold, unfortunately. But fucking hell, at least we didn't get stabbed. Yeah. Cold fries, buddy. So, yeah. Damn. It was that just was one of those call, drunken man. nights. Sheesh. It was just one of those drunken nights we weren't we, we weren't willing to give up the McDonald's. <laughs> right, like fuck. When are we ever? I need my burger. <laughs> I was like, dude, I can run faster than you. Fuck, fuck that shit. Right, exactly. I need my nuggets. <laughs> I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was what I had on that. And I, I think the fucked up part is that, like, this guy, like, he was, like, clearly a resident of Salvador. We'd seen him the day before. And he'd, he was, like, asking us if That's we wanted right. to go to, like, yeah, if we wanted to go to the prostitutes or whatever. And we're, like, Sid was, like, there with his wife. And oh, he was wow. just, like, he was just, like, uh, probably not, dude. 
No and then we saw him the, the day after. We saw him the next day. Damn. Just just a normal day on the job. You're right. In wild. fact, on the square, on the on, we saw yep. him on the square again, didn't we? But he didn't say anything. Yep. He didn't say anything to us the next day. So I was thinking when we didn't they, see him. Was, but he did oh, you mean him. like the next day after he pulled the we, knife? Yeah, on the last day, on the last day before Phil went, we saw him again. But he didn't say anything. We saw him the day before the on the square. He offered wow. the prostitutes. We saw him that night, and he pulled the knife. And we saw him the day after, but he didn't say anything because I think he'd realized that. Fuck, we're at it's least. He was watching the people do. Uh, it's because he was watching the people do capoeira. Oh yeah, capoeira, which is like a yeah. kind of Brazilian dance slash martial arts. In case anyone was wondering, martial art. Yeah, yeah. looks a little bit like a dance, though, doesn't it? Yeah. So I guess moral of the story: fucking you know, hold you on to your know fries. The, the history of capoeira. No, enlighten us. <sighs> yeah. So it was. It was. Um, I don't know exactly when this time was, but it was basically when the the when like a bunch of the natives were enslaved. So they came up with a a dance martial art that they could practice, but it just looked like they were dancing. So the, oh. their, their owners and stuff, their masters, I should say, didn't realize that they were actually practicing a martial art, and then they used that to 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 you know help. I don't know if they used it actually to help free themselves or whatever, but that it was it was a martial art dis disguised as a dance. Yeah, well, like capoeiro kicks right, are like some cool. of the That's most powerful kicks, right? Like in MMA or like UFC, you see like you rarely see them but if they do connect they're they're one of the most like powerful kicks yeah man yeah but listen guys yeah that's the brazil episode sid thanks thanks as always buddy oh, but i guess th from from the other side now hello from <laughs> from the other side <laughs> from the other side the other side Ah, <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks, thank, thank, thanks yeah. for having me on. I'll be back in a. I'll be back at some point, I guess. Thanks, oh. Sid. You you passed on the torch to me, man. I really appreciate it. It's Enjoy it, buddy. It's a it's here, a buddy. it's a lovely chair to be sitting in. Hey, Brandon, oh, now, yeah. Brandon, all you're missing now is just to, you have to pull one of your teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, he, lives in the, he lives in the right place. He lives in the right place to go and badmouth some Raiders fans, doesn't he? I do. <laughs> no, I'm not. They're Let's gone go. now. They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> they're in Las Vegas now, so they're gone. Fuck them. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Peace out, players. Thank you for listening to Two Beers Till Takeoff. Do you want free additional content or just to stay connected with the show? Then give us a follow on our social media platform. That means TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Are you in need of podcast production services, video editing, or anything in between? Then look no further than Strut Sound Productions, the official producer of the Two Beers Till Takeoff podcast. Music produced by Alex Gagne. Check out his work in our show notes. Voiceover done by Viking Leo K. See you next week on Two Beers Till Takeoff.